Welcome to episode 39 of the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast, building confidence and relaxation through horsemanship fundamentals with Beck Suad. So Beck Suad has been an animal, particularly a horse lover her entire life and works as a vet nurse. After reconnecting with horses in her early 30s, she discovered natural horsemanship after feeling absolutely flabbergasted when everything she thought she knew felt like it was leading her to disaster, which she says it kind of did, and you'll hear more about this shortly. Beck enjoys time with her horses most when she connects with them in new ways. Her favorite horsey hires are the little wins. When something her horses weren't sure of before become a non-event, something they couldn't do just clicks and riding in harmony where they are both confident and happy. Beck found me actually through this podcast and she signed up to my online program, Horsemanship Fundamentals Academy, and decided to dive in with a 10X coaching package, which is an option for people who do sign up to HFA. You can opt for a coaching package once you're inside and the 10X coaching package is where I personally hold your virtual hand over four months where we go through HFA together. So we have 10 one-on-one coaching calls together over Zoom so I can help you no matter where you are in the world. And you submit 10 10-minute 10 videos so that I can give you a voiceover of those videos and you can have feedback. And you get unlimited messaging and audio support from me throughout the four months. So I can answer any questions that you might have along the way and usually I reply pretty quickly, usually within the 24 hours. So you get a high kind of um, access to me and you can just pick my brain basically for four months. And um, I find that the people who opt for um, this coaching package tend to get really good results, which is exactly what I saw with Beck. And something I also saw in Beck is a lot of myself. Um, It's really interesting, the people that you tend to kind of attract into your life. I saw that Beck was very studious. You know, you know me, if you've listened to this podcast, you know, I'm a bit of a horse nerd. So I, I definitely saw that in Beck as well. She is very committed and dedicated and driven. She's really extroverted. She's got a lot of personality about her. She's very passionate, at times a little impatient, which I have to say, I'm also like that sometimes, but she was very coachable and I loved watching her and her horses transform during the HFA and coaching journey. And what I really loved about Beck is she was just so ready to learn. She was ready for change and she was open to any suggestion that I had, no matter how tricky, no matter how big or difficult it was for her. Absolutely, everything was figure outable for her and she was very resourceful, even to the point where um, I, I said that she really needed to have her horse in a herd and she literally bought another horse um, to keep her pony flash um, company. So kudos to her for that. Uh, And of course, you know, it wasn't smooth sailing. There were certainly obstacles along the way as there are in every single horsemanship journey. And yes, there were times where Beck felt down on herself and like she couldn't do things and like she wasn't going to get there and like she was never going to ride again, but it didn't take much for me to help her get back on track. If you're the sort of person who maybe you've had a break from horses and you're not as confident as you used to be, or if people are telling you to do things a certain way and it's just not working or it just doesn't sit right with you, then you're going to love and be inspired by Beck's story. I am so excited and proud of Beck and everything that she has achieved. And I have every confidence that she will continue to succeed beyond HFA. 
And if you are inspired by this episode and you're like, heck yes, I want that kind of transformation for myself and my horse, or even if you're slightly curious, then check out the link in the show notes to HFA. And once you're in, if you want, like Beck, you can upgrade to the 10X coaching package. Otherwise, if you're all good with self-study, you can join the HFA without coaching. You will still have access to our private community to ask questions and share your wins, etc. But if you want more support and accountability, then I know you're going to do well with the 10X coaching package in conjunction with HFA. Anyway, let's jump into the episode. I'm really excited to share with you the horsemanship journey of Beck Suad. Welcome to the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast, a source for riding and training insights with the goal of helping your horse be a light, happy and willing partner. I'm your host, Amalia Dempsey, a mainstream equestrian rider who discovered natural horsemanship and equine learning theory. And now I help riders like you achieve connection and communication with your horse so you can have more fun and fulfillment whilst prioritizing the partnership. Get more learning resources, including my free connection and communication mini course at AmaliaDempsey.com. Click the follow button so you don't miss an episode. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please leave me a rating and review or screenshot this episode and share on social media. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back, Suad, to the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to talk to you today about your horsemanship journey. Um, Thank you again. And yeah, really looking forward to our chat. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I feel like incredibly blessed that I actually get to be on your podcast. You've had some amazing people on there. So thank you so much for having me. No worries. And I believe that the podcast is how you first kind of heard about me right oh absolutely yeah well I mean we can get into that a little bit later but that's how I found you so I'm so glad it exists so hopefully someone else can find you this way yes hopefully um okay so I know a little bit about your horsemanship journey already but for our listeners can you tell us about your horsemanship journey to date from when you got into horses and what has led to where you are today Sure. So, I mean, I think like all of us girls and guys out there who you just, I think you're born with the horse gene. You've either got it or you don't. Um, And I definitely have always had it. Um, I was obsessed with horses for as long as I can remember. Um, When I was younger, my mum had this beautiful chestnut quarter horse and his name was Danny. And he, when we were younger, he was about an hour and a half away from where we lived. So we wouldn't get to go and see him all that often um but when when he did like my sister and I were just obsessed with him I remember I was about four and I mum used to sit us on his back while he was grazing and I'm like mum open the gate to the field let me out and she was like no (laughs) um but I was always so brave and so confident with horses when I was younger we um my grandpa and grandma lived in Strathalbyn and we'd go up and see them and my grandpa's friend had this ex-trotter her name was Meg's and we used to just go up and ride her in this huge field and she had no idea how to canter. And I remember my sister and I just sitting on the back of her, like riding her in this random saddle that he had in his shed and trying to get her to canter. And it was just like, it was so fun, like growing up and being like that, being so confident, and so brave around horses and just wanting to spend like every day with them, but never thinking we would get our own horses. Um And, yeah, when we were about 11, we moved schools and we moved up sort of um, towards the country. So 
we, our mum ended up getting us uh, our very own horses. So I think I was just about to turn 12 when I got um, him or maybe I just turned 12. And so his name was Batani. I know it sounds like such a weird name. <laughs> it was Barney, but then I changed it. I don't know why I changed it to Batani. It does, it's not even a real name. <laughs> I like it. I I've never met I've never met another horse called Batani, but that was his name. And he was this beautiful um, 16-year-old Arab Welsh pony. And he was just like, now I think back, he was just such a bomb little pony. He was probably a bit shut down if you look at it from the natural horsemanship view, but he just did everything. We'd ride around the roads and just, oh, we used to ride up on One Tree Hill Road, like this crazy busy road. I don't know what mum was thinking letting us ride there. <laughs> it was so fast. My sister's horse used to bolt all the time and then my horse would be like, I'm coming with and we would just be bolting down this highway. Oh, my God. Um, anyway, I was never scared though. Um, it was crazy. Um, and, yeah, he wouldn't go in puddles and he wouldn't float, but anything else he just did that um like just didn't bat an eyelid to it so he was I I really wish that I had appreciated him back in the day but I I guess I just took took it for granted like you know you do when you're a kid Mm -hmm. um anyway uh I ended up we ended up selling him when I was about 15 we just got into school and um I really wanted to do pony club at that point I really wanted to do pony club and we we weren't allowed to do pony club because we had church on Sundays so it was sort of like one of those things that was just never going to happen for me when I was younger. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, wanting to do pony club and never really got um, got a chance to do it. I really wanted to do jumping and things like that, but didn't happen. So that's okay. Anyway, we ended up um, selling the horses when we were a bit older. Um, I guess I uh, you would say that I at that point I'd kind of lost interest, but I always still loved horses. Um then I ended up, uh, I got married quite young and had uh, had my kids like when I was 22, I had my daughter. So um, I was sort of all about ha- having the kids and I never thought I would get a horse again. Um, but yes, um, situations changed and um, I ended up, you know, going through a separation. But um, I got remarried to my lovely husband, Josh. <laughs> and um, I said to him, I was like, I just, I really... I really, really want to get back into horses. Like we were sort of in a financial situation um, then where we could afford it. Um, so I decided, um, as I do on a bit of a whim, that I was going to go and get a horse. Um, so, yeah, I started looking and I came across this sweet little looking 13-2 Palomino Welsh pony named Flash. Um, and I just absolutely fell in love with him. When I went and saw him, I was like, he's the one for me. Like I, he did mounted games. He was an all rounder. And I was like, okay, I can finally go and do my pony club thing. I can do what I want to do with him and just have like my live my childhood dreams that I really wanted to live when I was younger um, (laughs) with my little flash. So that was the start of everything really. Um, And after I got him, it wasn't too too um, long into the into owning him that I realized that I was not confident like I was when I was younger. Um, mm-hmm. He would spook and then I would just be freaked out and I would sort of think, oh, like, and the like freaking out wouldn't go away. Like it would just freak me out even more. Um, so then, yeah, it's sort of, we did some jumping and things like that. I mean, I guess I was pretty confident to go around and do that when I didn't really have any experience doing it. Um, but things started getting harder and, um, he, uh, for me back then he became more difficult to ride. Like 
shying at jumps. Like he's got this magnificent 90 degree, 180 degree turn that he does when he um, <laughs> felt like it at the time. So I fell off a lot <laughs> and I'm 31 now. So it's like, it's less fun to fall off when you're older. <laughs> you don't bounce as easy. Um, so then I sort of started getting quite scared, like as much as I didn't want to admit it, um, I was getting quite scared riding him and um, doing anything new with him. I was, I mean, I was quite confident to ride him on the trails and everything, but um, doing anything away from anyone else or where there wasn't someone there to hold my hand became quite difficult for me. Um, and I, I always say to Josh, I'm always like, I, I think I've got a sixth sense because like I can just like predict these random things and then they happen. So, yeah, I, I, and I didn't tell anyone the sixth sense feeling that I was feeling because I was like, I don't want to tell anyone. I don't want to talk about that. I'm just going to bury it deep down and pretend it's not there. I had this really bad feeling that something bad was going to happen. Like just, and it kept on coming back and creeping up and I would go to jumping lessons and I was leaving. I'd be like, oh, thank God I didn't die today. Oh, gosh. Um, I know it's not, it's not a good way to feel. And I, it was going on for a, a, probably the last, um, the six months prior to when um, I had my incident. So, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that now. So I ended up moving Flash from my friend's property um, and I moved him up to an adjustment property which had, like, all the bells and whistles, round yard arena, like 120 acres to trail ride. And I was like, yes, like, I'm going to come into my own now. Everything's going to work out. Um, he's just going to get used to me because that's what everyone keeps telling me. Like, he's going to become brave because everyone keeps telling me to just keep doing what I'm doing. Um, so I was doing that. Um, we went out, uh, earlier in March this year to a cross country training day, which I was like terrified of, <laughs> but at the same time, I really wanted to do it. Like it was one of those things where it was like, oh, if you're frightened, do it anyway. Mm. And I was like, yeah, I'm frightened. I'm going to do it anyway. But I think the fear that I was feeling was like <laughs> in a terror, not, not just like a bit of nerves. Anyway, I was so frightened, but I was so excited to do it. It's such a weird experience to feel something like that. Um, so we went out and everything went well. Like he actually floated really well, which had been something that we would we, we had struggled with um, since I had purchased him. Um, but he he floated well. He, you know, I tacked him up. He seemed like really um, confident and calm. And I did some warm-up jumps um, in hindsight. It's really funny because, like, in all the videos, I'm like, oh, he jumped so well, I don't know what was going on. Um, but then I realised all my friends were in front of me when I was jumping, so he was probably just following after them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, it's so funny when you look back, the things that you learn. Um, yeah, so he was jumping really well. He was he looked quite happy, um, surrounded by all of his friends, and I guess in saying that as well, I was probably less nervous because everyone was there and I knew that I had that um, confidence of friends being around me. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, we decided, I was like, all right, that's it, you know, Flash, we can do this. Like he's never been like, afraid of jumping or anything like that unless I've been afraid. So I was like, all right, buddy, like off we go. Let's go up this big hill and um, we can we'll jump some jumps and then we'll go do the water jump and I'm going to have the best day ever. I'm going to have such a cool video for my YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> um, so poor Josh was filming and off we went. We did this snaky approach to this jump um, and he like trotted over it. I was like, it's okay, he'll, be he'll get better. And off we went up um, down this hill to jump this grade six warm-up jump. Like I'm not even kidding. It, it was like a pole on the ground 
And he just approached her and he was a little bit like hesitant. And I kind of just like, come on, up you get, up you get. Mm-hmm. Getting close to it. He does a 90 degree turn with his hindquarters away. I ended up on his, um, the front of the saddle. So I managed to stick onto it. But then he put his head down and went backwards up the hill. And I went over his head and put my arm out and saw my wrist break. And I just sat there for a second. I can actually still picture it now, which is terrifying. Um, But yeah, that was when everything sort of came crashing down for me. And I realized I have no idea what I was doing. So I went through a bit of a (laughs) self-reflection journey for a a little while there. Um, And I was sort of thinking, I've got no idea what I'm doing. Like all this stuff that everyone's telling me to do is just not working out and I have no idea how I'm going to get through this with flash. Like I just don't know what to do. And now I'm terrified that I'm going to break my back or something next time I ride him, mm-hmm. which wasn't going to be for a while given the fact that I broke my arm, had to get my elbow relocated and I've got a big scar there where they had to cut over my arm. Um, but, yeah, then I, I was sort of um, – I talked on Instagram quite a lot because I'm very open with that kind of thing, um, talking about it. So I was talking about it a lot on my Instagram stories. And one of my friends messaged me and she's like, oh, I know you've been said, like, I know you said that Flash struggles with separation anxiety. You've got to listen to this podcast. It's by a lady called Amalia Dempsey. So I was like, okay, like hit me with it. Like I'm ready for it. Um, and I was listening to the podcast and I was like, oh my goodness, like I desperately need help. So <laughs> I went onto your website and then I found HFA and I messaged you and I was like, hey, I've got a few questions, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, yeah, you, you kind of said like, oh, well, does he have his basic needs met? And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I actually do remember, I remember that conversation. I was like, kind of a little blunt with you in a way. Like I was like, this is what he needs. Like <laughs> if you don't have these things, it's like, do not pass go, do not collect $200, you know, like in Monopoly. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you must I, I kind of <laughs> sometimes I get offended when people are blunt but when I'm like <laughs> desperately searching for answers I'm like okay I needed to hear that <laughs> so I think you said like he needs friends he needs freedom he needs food yeah I mean at that point I wasn't even feeding him like he wasn't even having access to hay 24 7 so he was in this tiny little um yard by himself about 40 meters away from all the other horses um and then you were like um like he kind of needs to be able to interact with them and I was like oh my goodness like (laughs) how am I going to do this like I'm at an adjustment property so um anyway I talked to the lady and I was like can I please move into a yard closer like and so she ended up making that happen for me it took about two weeks which felt like the longest weeks of my life but I started my HFA journey at that point. So I was like, had a lot to learn. And I also had a very sore broken arm and elbow. So I could only do so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I um, sort of uh, got the ball rolling on trying to create a, um, a, a happy horse. Um, and I guess, yeah, that's, that, that was the answer to your first question. <laughs> wow. How did I get horses? <laughs> Don't worry, the rest aren't that long. <laughs> What an incredible journey. That was, I didn't think it was too long. Like, I think it was good to include all that detail. Like, I think a lot of people can relate, um, you know, being confident as a child rider or even a teenage rider and then having a break from horses, maybe having kids and then coming back to riding and realizing, oh my goodness, like this isn't how I, you know, used to do it. Like I'm not as confident as I used to be. And 
you kind of become painfully aware of where you're lacking in terms of skills and knowledge. But in a way, you know me, I always say that that's your blessing because it leads you to find your next breakthrough. Um, And speaking of breakthroughs, can you tell us what has been your biggest horsemanship breakthrough to date? Okay, sure. Um, my, I think my biggest horsemanship breakthrough today is definitely it's it's a self discovery and like the self confidence that I've I've gained. So it's not necessarily anything to do with the horses, but it's me knowing that I can I can handle it. Like that's a a huge breakthrough for me because there was a good portion of time where I just I felt like nothing was working and I could not the things that everyone was telling me and all my friends were telling me that were working for them were just not working for me. Like, oh, just make him do it. Make him do it. He'll learn. He will, he'll be happy. He'll be confident. It wasn't working. And it, I really struggled with that because I'm I'm the kind of person where I need to I need to be able to do something. Like I know that sounds like probably <laughs> doesn't sound like I'm I'm the nicest person there. But I mean I just for me, like I just I needed to be able to figure it out for him. Mm-hmm. And and puzzle as well. Like I I needed to be able to know what I was doing, um, so I could be a, a good owner for them and a, and a good leader for them. And I think um, knowing I could face anything that that comes up and any challenge that comes up is just a massive horsemanship breakthrough for me. Because even now, when I'm training and I'm not part of HFA, you know, the the course anymore. I'm still doing HFA, but I'm not part of the the. 10x coaching course mm-hmm. I I don't have that access to you I guess to for you to hold my hand so mm-hmm. knowing that I can see a problem and immediately be able to find a resolution for it is just it's life-changing for me amazing and yeah that is my whole goal with HFA and I suppose especially with the coaching because people that opt for the coaching they need that they need their hand held through the process, right? Which yeah. Yeah, I really did notice with you, especially the first half. Like I feel like the first half of your coaching journey through HFA was like me really holding your hand, really feeding you the information and like really kind of shaping that process for you. But the second half, it was like I was just teaching you kind of like how to problem solve yourself and like asking you questions and just confirming yeah. what you were seeing and the reasons for why what you were doing. And I love that because – Um, yeah, I think it's just, it's important that you have the knowledge and skills to be able to work through situations yourself. Otherwise you're always going to need someone to hold your hand and then, and you're not, you're not always with a coach with your horses. So it's important to have that skill. Absolutely. And I, I I definitely agree. And I think it's, it's, yeah, it's, you know, kudos to me as well, because I was not confident that I would ever get there. And, um, I'm so proud that I did. And it's, yeah, it's awesome. And every day is so good. Like I love challenges with the horses now because I'm like, yes, I can figure it out. <laughs> I know, right? It actually becomes something fun because you're like, oh, like this is interesting. I wonder why this is happening. And then you can like work through it. If things were perfect all the time, how boring. <laughs> yeah, I've seen like a massive trust growing between like both the horses and myself because I'm like, you know, I, like we're not doing this. Like we need to do it this way and I'm going to help you. And then they're like, oh, thanks, mum. Thanks for helping me and not just making me do it. Like, you know, it's, it's amazing. It feels so good. So cool. And I think it's really hard to kind of like portray that difference, like working with a horse who hasn't really been exposed to this kind of way of training versus a horse who has, like they're completely different interactions. It's like one horse is 
open and curious and interested and really a part of that interaction. Whereas I don't know if you experienced this like kind of before HFA, but it, there is that disconnect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely think that. And I, I think I've seen it a lot with puzzles. So puzzles, my other horse, I haven't actually mentioned him. Poor little puzzle. <laughs> puzzle. Um, I know, but you know, he sort of came along like midway HFA. <laughs> You know what's really funny? I actually got him because of you um, because you said that Flash needed a friend and I always, um, I had this big plan for me and Flash, like we'd do eventing and then when he got too old, I'd get another one and bring that one up in eventing. So I always planned to get another one. But then when you're like, they need friends, I'm like, Josh, we're buying another horse. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Josh, my fault. (laughs) He's not happy. (laughs) But no, Puzzle is like very much like that, like, He's so well trained, but he's he's been trained in a different way. So he, whenever I do something new with him, he's like, "What are you doing? Like, why why are you doing that?" <laughs> but then he just like chills, like so quick, like it's amazing. Like he comes around so quickly. Um, once he's that, uh, yeah, he has his little voice given to him, and it, it's really cool. But yeah, it is so different. Like there's two, like there's like completely polar opposite approaches, and it's funny how they how how different they are with both of them. Yeah, really interesting. And um, I think one of the things that we've spoken about a bit and is kind of a theme in HFA is that we treat the horses as an individual. Um, And, you know, you've got two kind of like opposite horses to play with, which is so good for your own development too. And um, in terms of your training approach and um, I guess uh, adjusting to suit the individual, could you tell us a little bit more about what you would say your training approach or philosophy with horses is now? Yeah, absolutely. So I've actually wrote a little poem, which I told you about before. I Um, know. I'm so excited for this. We discovered that, I mean, I'm a bit of a poem person as well. I went a whole year writing birthday poems for my friends. Um, So when Beck said she's uh, done a poem for this question, I was like, yes, can't wait. I'm so excited. (laughs) So good. But I just want to like do a little, um, I've written down some things before I read the poem. So I think... um, I think for me and from now on, and I, I this I know like I'll probably change a few things, but I really don't think this will ever change for me. It's it's listening to them. I think that is the 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 biggest thing that I can sort of I don't know emphasize when it comes to to my training and my um, philosophy is is listening to them and 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 looking at the bigger picture. I'm very much a zoom in at the moment person but this whole horsemanship journey has taught me to zoom out so much and you know what it's actually like made like it's made my my life in general better like just looking at the bigger picture and it's amazing like it's like a whole new me but um listening to them and giving them a, a voice is is my my philosophy if I could just pick one um because I think you learn so much when you do that and the feedback that you get is so um it, I can't really think of the word, but it, it's, I mean, it, it's so genuine, like the, the feedback that you get from them when you let them have a say, when uh, you can put a halter on them and sometimes they'll just do what you want them to do. Like, especially if you, they haven't been brought up in that, with that approach, they'll just do it because they've got the halter on and they give to the pressure and, and you can't really see like everything that they're saying, especially mm-hmm. with puzzle, but I'll do things in the round yard with him. Um, and he's like, no, I don't, I'm not I'm not sure about that mm-hmm. and I'm like oh, okay I can see what you're saying like 
how about we slow down and I'll, I'll use my tactics, like my approach and retreat, my relaxation and communication. And yes, and comes around like so, so quick. It's like mind blowing. And I'm like, I wonder if you would have just accepted this if I hadn't given you an option. But now that I've given you the option and you're happy with this, I know that I've done the right thing by you. So that's, that's yeah, that's my little mantra. I'll read you my poem now. So I wrote this and it's called Through My Eyes and I wrote it from Flash's perspective. So it's kind of like I guess how he would have seen our journey and seen his journey as, as um, his little Welsh pony self. So, okay, let's go. Let's go. Let's do it. I'm excited. I was born to be wild but trained to obey. Do you see me? Do you hear me? Do I get a say? I'm judged by my breed, by my age, by my skill. Do you see me? Do you hear me? Or am I here for your thrill? I'll wear saddles and bridles. They have spurs and a crop. Do they see me? Do they hear me? If I ask, will they stop? I speak in a language that few care to know. Those who see me, who hear me, it's with them I will grow. When you give me my voice, we will play, we will dance. When you see me and hear me, my heart sings as I prance. Before my last sun has set and my days run its course, sorry. Before my last sun has set and my days run its course, you saw me, you heard me. I'm forever your horse. Oh my goodness, man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I need to get some tissues. <laughs> I've read it so many times. I'm like, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. <laughs> that is an amazing poem. Like that is, I don't know if there is a competition or whatever for poems, but that would get my vote, honestly. That is so beautiful. Have you, you need to put that on your Instagram or something. I think it would go viral. I will, I will. I was waiting till I read it to you before I put it on my Instagram. <laughs> I absolutely love that. It is just amazing. And oh, I, I didn't know you were going to do it through Flash's, like, perspective. I just, yeah, it's, it's so powerful. Yeah, I, I it, it just, uh, I mean, I think I'm crying because it's everything that I was thinking inside and um, it's hard to voice that kind of thing, especially when you know like you've done things a different way and then you've changed your way and then you've seen how much they've changed. I guess that's why it's so emotional for me because it's so true. It really like it did hit me because I think I, I'm always seeing horses like I try and think as much as possible through the horse's perspective. Yeah. Um. And sometimes when you see horses who aren't getting a say, who aren't really being seen, it, it hurts. Like it hurts me to see that. It almost feels like you have to like disassociate sometimes because like it's it's such a burden to to feel to feel that way about about a lot of the horses that you see. So yeah. and then, you know, it's it's difficult when I guess, you know, I was that way sometimes too. So um it's a bit of a a hard one to swallow, a hard pill to swallow to know that, you know, if I hadn't found this this way, like what would have I been doing? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And, you know, as we've spoken about, like it's not necessarily the human's fault, you know, they, they just don't know a better way yet and that's why I try not to be judgmental. Like I, I just try and, as we've spoken about, lead by example because um, 
I think if we start pointing the finger and telling people that they're wrong, they're just going to be defensive. They're not going to be curious about changing their ways. So, um, yeah, that's so funny that you said that. Like, and we have talked about that before. I remember I um, was writing Flash at this, like, um, jumping, um, it was a freshman show jumping and he was just not having it that day. When I think back about it, I'm like, I know why he wasn't having it. He just had a new saddle. I had to sit on him to get the girth to go up because it was a bit too small, but I really wanted to ride him. Um, and yeah, he was, he wasn't having a good day and he just like refused this jump and someone was videoing it and they were, everyone was like, wow, that was such a cool, like you really like sat that well. Like he kind of went over the jump, but then turned out halfway. I have no idea how I managed to stay on. Um, everyone was like, well, sat, blah, blah, blah. And I put it on Instagram and I was like, oh, ha, ha, you know, when when your pony tries to get you off, but, you know, you managed to stay on. I didn't say that. It was something like that. Mm-hmm. And one of my friends, um, she commented and she was like, oh, how do you think Flash was feeling? And I was like, <laughs> I felt like so attacked because I hadn't actually considered that. Yeah. And I Oh, you know, like after that, like I did, you know, stop. we did go home because he wasn't like, you know, having a good day, which is true. But at the same time, I felt like really like, I don't know, like I felt really exposed because I hadn't actually considered that. And I felt really bad that that she said that. Um, and then afterwards, I mean, I did delete that video. I don't really delete anything on my on my Instagram, but I just didn't want to have it on there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, afterwards, I, I caught up with her after I started the, um, my horsemanship journey. And I was like, you know, when you said that, like that made like, I felt like awful for like so many days. And I just like really wanted to justify like why, why it had happened. And um, when I, when I finally found like HFA and, and the natural horsemanship way, like I could really appreciate her actually saying something because it's hard to go against, against the norm, I guess, sometimes. So yeah. Yeah hard to stick up for them when people aren't ready to hear it but you never know you never know what sticks in someone's mind because that definitely stuck in my mind Mm, that is interesting yeah yeah um I think it could go one of two ways in that yeah maybe it makes people more defensive and they're less likely to try a different way or yeah perhaps down the track when they do have a little wake-up call they go "Hmm, maybe that person what did have you know some uh, there was something right about what that person was saying um yeah but anyway, let's move on to a happy note. What's yes. been your happiest horsey memory? Oh, so my happiest horsey memory, um, it's similar to my breakthrough one, but, I mean, I guess my happiest horsey memory, if if I'm talking about my entire life, was the first day I got my my very own horse. Like it was just like that child-minded, like, child, like happiness that you have when you're like, I can't believe all my dreams are coming true. Yes. Um, it definitely would be getting that, like, going back, I could not, like, I don't think I could have built sort of a happier time in my life than that, um, horsey-wise. Um, but interestingly, uh, my happiest horsey memory at the moment is my first um, breakthrough with Flash, which is so minimal, but it was so amazing because I couldn't believe it was actually happening. And it was when he relaxed with me for the first time and yawned. I had, like, so I owned him for a year, probably a um, just over a year before I did HFA and I'd never seen him yawn. I'd never seen him like rest his back leg anytime he was with me. So I'd seen him out in the paddock if he was out with a friend or something, um, never with me. And I, when I, when I did the relax relaxation and communication and started actually, you know, relaxing with him and being patient with him and he yawned, I was like astounded. <laughs> so, <laughs> so minimal, but it was, it was, 
the happiest feeling ever because it, it was then that I knew that what I was doing was working because the proof was in the pudding. <laughs> yes. Yeah. How cool. It must have been such a good feeling for you at the time. Like I think maybe now I take it for granted, like when my horses relax around me, but those first little breakthroughs on your horsemanship journey, I, I do remember like the joy of feeling those like small changes and just going, wow, like this is amazing. Um, and yes. it's nice to be reminded of that from time to time when, yeah, when perhaps down the track you do end up taking it for granted. <laughs> And you do and like it, it and yeah I'm so glad I've got my little journal because like when I was writing all the things that I was struggling with and now it's like doesn't even like those things don't even make it into my journal because they're just the non-issue so <laughs> it's it's the little things that you make you know you're on the right track and when you're happy with the one percent and you see the one percent you're like oh my goodness yay I'm so happy <laughs> So good. And on that note, could you tell us what like specific things, I mean, you've spoken about the separation anxiety, um, but are there any specific things or problems that you were kind of struggling with before doing HFA? Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, um, I guess I didn't actually know, but not understanding how horses learn and things like that were, was something that I was struggling with because I, I just thought you have to point them in the direction and tell them what to do and they'll do it. And my little flashy like opened my eyes to all of that. And I'm so glad, <laughs> I'm so glad we found each other because he just showed me that everything that I was doing was not right. Like I could not float him. I couldn't bath him. I couldn't catch him. I couldn't saddle him without him biting me. I couldn't bridle him without him rearing up at one point. Anything that I tried new with him, he would just freak out and just be this like buzz brain of of this poor little broken down horse that just didn't know what to do and and had an owner that could not help him. So it was like literally everything. I was just getting it all wrong and my approach was all so wrong and I didn't know though. So that's the funny thing. I thought I was doing everything right and I was never mean to him or cruel to him or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I I guess a lot of my my emotions at that point would have just been frustration at myself because I just, it wasn't working. Like what I was doing, nothing was working. Mm. Yeah, you did come to HFA with uh, quite a few different challenges. And, yeah, I think the, um, those re repeated kind of challenges, like if people are struggling with, um, they might seem like minor things, like, oh, my horse doesn't um, get, uh, except the bit, my horse takes a little while to get on the float. My horse suffers with a little bit of separation anxiety. These are all clues for people like, okay, something's not right. Like maybe I need a different approach. So I'm glad that you mentioned those things. Um, yeah. You spoke about, um, well, we touched on the three Fs. So with the knowledge that you have now, what do you think makes a happy horse? <laughs> Does that scares me? Because I think it's like controversial because I know for me, I didn't really I didn't really want to hear it because um, I, I knew at, at that point in time I was I couldn't provide the things that I think make him happy. So, um, yeah, you mentioned like the three Fs, which I think are obviously like so important. But um, I think I don't. I mean, you know, not everyone's in the position where they can have give their horse a friend or give their horse like a big paddock to run around in. Mm -hmm. But I think. I do think horses can still be happy, like living in harmony with humans. Um, I think as long as we can do everything that we can do in our power to 
to put them first and to ma- and to make them heard and give them that that voice and and let them you know be listened to and let them have a say I think that's what makes them happy like you might not be able to provide them like this huge turnout paddock but you know can you provide them like with relaxation like times of relaxation or can you listen to them and um you know is is it all about them or is it all about you I guess so I think I think it makes them happy when when we really try and do everything that we can in our power to to make them as happy as they can be in in their situation I think I mean I think they enjoy being written and they enjoy doing new things um as long as they're being listened to I think I think being listened to and that goes back to my philosophy is like the most important thing that you can do because it it really does make your horses happy and I'm speaking from experience because (laughs) I've done both and and you know listening to them is is when I saw the biggest change Amazing. Yeah. I think that that really is your motto, isn't it? Just listening. Yeah. To really love that. Um, and so I know that obviously I've helped you a little bit along your journey, but I'd like to know who have been your most influential mentors with horses. Yeah. Um, awesome. So, I mean, obviously like you are number one because you can't not, <laughs> um, but I think anyone listening to the podcast would probably already have you down as, uh, on the list anyway. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I just, I love Warwick Schiller. I think, I think, and a lot of people have mentioned him and I was like, I'm going to be different, but I honestly, I I love him. I think he's so genuine and, um, and he's, and he also changed his ways as well. So I think that's so inspiring for someone who was that good at what they did Mm -hmm. to realize that there was a different way. So um, he's definitely like up there. He's just so awesome. I really hope I get to meet him at Equitana. I'm going to read him my poem if I can find him. absolutely should I think he would love it yeah (laughs) I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna track him down (laughs) (laughs) do it get it on film so we can all see (laughs) all right I'll try (laughs) I'll just ask some random to film for me (laughs) um I also love Elsie Sinclair um when I first like I think you introduced me to her her ways and when I first watched I was like that is so overwhelming like how does she do that but now I just think it's so inspiring. And I, I mean, I don't think, you know, I don't think we all have to go out there and do exactly what she did, like um, training or like, you know, like connecting with horses at completely at liberty, I think. But I think there's pieces of her, um, her methods that like can really apply to everyone. And yeah, she's, she's very much into listening to the horse. And I think that's really important for me. So I, I just love her. And I think she's so inspiring. Like, I'm not quite sure I'd ever get there, but um, no, and I probably wouldn't have the patience to be honest. Like you know, <laughs> um, I, I like my round yard for liberty because it <laughs> gives me a little bit of room to move. <laughs> yep. um, and I also really love um, Dr. Shelley Appleton. I think she's, yes. I think she's, um, she's awesome because she's so well spoken, um, mm-hmm. but very much like confident in in what she says, and um, not that she offends anyone, but she just says stuff that's like I'd like oh I'd be nervous to say that but she's just so confident in herself yeah I I love that about Shelley yeah yeah she's so awesome and then she's uh, she's good because she you know I mean I I probably should think of a different saying but the proof is in the pudding for her as well so um I love people like that where they're confident and and what they do works and then you know they're they're they've got the horse in mind so I think that's like probably my three things that I I look for when I'm looking for a mentor but yeah and I also love um, 
Felicity Davies, like she's awesome as well. Follow her on Instagram and I love her stuff. But um, as well, like I've got this friend at my my old work, Coralie, and she's just like, she's uh, she's not old, like she's sort of like um, in her 40s, like just a bit older than me. Um, and she's just so empathetic and so kind. And um, anytime I, I wanted to talk about Flash, she always like, you know, direct me in this like, kindness way but was never like you're doing the wrong thing she was very understanding and empathetic and then yeah when I started doing natural horsemanship she was so encouraging and yeah she's just such a lovely person so I mean I know no one else knows her but (laughs) for me like she was one of my my mentors very cool very cool and then the next question which is which might be a little similar actually but I always ask people on the podcast if you could have dinner with any three horse people dead or alive who would it be and okay you like to speak about them (laughs) Yeah, I mean, okay, like, I mean, I would love to have dinner with Warwick Schiller. Like, I have to just have him on the on the list. He's got the, like, he's got the coolest stories. Um, so I would just have to have him there. Yes. Um, and there's, I'm not sure if you've heard of her, there's this um, free rider from New Zealand. Her name's Alicia Burton. Yes, she's awesome. She's, she's just like, she just seems like she's such a lovely person and she's doing, like, a lot for the community. Like, she does, like, a lot of... Um, youth work and things like that and she had like a very difficult um, time I, I think it was in her early 20s um, so I think like I, I really I, I would really love to have her there and just see how horses helped her through her struggles because um, yeah she's very open about talking about that but I think that would be so cool yeah. um, and then and I'm gonna throw like a bit of a spanner in the work because like if I was actually gonna sit down at a table with all these people I probably wouldn't be doing any talking because I'd feel extremely insecure about <laughs> my <laughs> But I would love, so I used to, I mean, I still have mad respect for him, but I used to love um, following Andrew Hoy on Instagram and just love seeing all the stuff that he did because I do think he's a really beautiful writer. Like he's very balanced. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't necessarily think that he, you know, takes the same, you know, at all takes the same approach as anyone else um, that I've mentioned. But I would just love to see like him and Warwick just talking about horses and seeing how different their approaches are. Like, I just think it would be so interesting. Mm. And I think when you're, when, if you're at dinner with all these like-minded people, you would all be agreeing. Yeah. But I would be like, you know, I, I mean, I don't want them to have a full-on brawl. Um, <laughs> sure, they I would, would agree on many things as well. Yeah. And I would love to see what they agree on because I think that would be very like, you know, a very good foundation if they agree on one thing, like you'd be like, oh, well, you agree on that and so do you. It must be super important. So I think that would be really cool because, you know, you could have like these three amazing horse people that do horsemanship and everyone's having a good chat. But, you know, what if you had like someone else who was also like, you know, so much credit to him there Mm. and having a bit of a conversation? I think that would be cool. Absolutely. And I think the three people you've chosen, like Warwick Schiller, very like horsemanship minded, like is on that journey, hands down. And then Alicia, who, um, you know, she does a little bit of mainstream stuff as well. Like she jumps and, um, you know, rides English and that sort of thing. But she also obviously has that amazing connection with her horses. And then Andrew Hoy, who's like fairly what we would say mainstream, like equestrian does eventing, like very accomplished. So I reckon that's a really good mix. That would be a very interesting dinner. I would love that. We should organise it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how we're going to go getting those people um, to dinner, but we can always try maybe an Equitana sometime. <laughs> I don't think I'd be invited though, so that would be just oh. <laughs> 
Um, so another fun question I have is what has been your best horse related purchase in the last 12 months? Okay. I mean, HFA, hands down. Like, <laughs> um, I, I mean, I want to pick something different just to be different, but I honestly can't. Like it changed my life and um, it just, yeah, you know, completely changed the course of, of my uh, horsemanship journey. So I can't not say that, um, but I think it goes without saying that that was going to be on there. Um, and obviously like poor Puzzle. A puzzle is definitely one of my best horse-related purchases. <laughs> Um, but then, yeah, our beautiful property. So we um, we just we our couple, well, oh, just over a month ago, we bought our beautiful property on thirteen acres where the horses are free to go together, and um, it's just amazing. So it's um, I mean, I like to say it was it was for for us, but like let's just be honest, like it was for the horses. <laughs> so- yeah. <laughs> You are just living the dream now. I've said it before to you, but I feel like 2022 has been your year where you've just made so many amazing changes. It all seems to be happening for you. Just ride that horsey high all the way through to the end of the year. <laughs> uh, I'm just living. I, I, I'm, I'm just like so excited. I, I And you know what? My sixth sense doesn't say anything bad's happening, so I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> amazing. I love it. I love it. And um, <laughs> speaking of like resources and things, do you have any favourite horse books or resources that you'd like to mention? Um, well, I mean, obviously, like I, I for me, like I'm, I, I like to do things on the go. So um, podcasts are my go-to. Mm-hmm. So I love your podcasts and I love um, uh, Felicity's podcast um, and as well as I love Warwick's, um, even though his, his podcasts go for like two hours. So I, I do sometimes put them on um, a faster speed because I just like I need to, you know, hear them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like, go faster. I need to get this through while I'm driving. Um, so I love listening to podcasts. Like they're probably like my favorite way to learn because I can listen to it all whilst I'm driving. Um, and I, I do have a lot of driving to do now that we're out country way. But um, I also love um, uh, Dessa Hockley's book, Is Your Horse a Rockstar, which you also put me on to. It was just such a cool book. Like, and it's so... I don't know, it just makes you think about the horse again. Like it makes you think about the way you're approaching your training and, and like, you know, little tips on what to do if your horse is a certain way. Although I, I do think it, it could be potentially misread if you weren't 100% um, sure how to understand your horse or if you, you know, missed a few things. But I think it's pretty awesome and I, and, and it's it's been awesome for me to read that and, and look at the horses and um, their personality types and and sort of like try and approach things in that way and, and it's making a difference so I think like it's it, it yeah it's a really cool book love that book um but another thing I will say is um whatever whatever you're listening to or whatever you've read if you've got something out it read it again mm-hmm. because um even now like I've actually gone back and started HFA again and I'm like oh awesome like I did not learn that the first time. Like I, I, I just, I think your brain can only take in so much stuff at one time. And it, it, for you in that moment, you learn what you needed to when you're reading whatever you were reading or listening to whatever you were listening to. And then once you've learned that, you go back and your brain's like, okay, I can have some more information now. And you just learn. It's like reading a, a book all over again. Like you learn like everything different because your brain, you know, can can get that in. So that is one thing I will say. Like if you've read a book that you loved, like, read it again. Um, you'll learn so much more. So true. And I've personally done that myself. And there are certain books that I will like freak, well, not frequently, but like perhaps on an annual basis, go back to and reread or re-listen to it and pick up something new. 
And I'm really curious to know, what have you enjoyed most about HFA? Like, what's your favourite part? Ooh, um, what's my favourite part? I mean, I think I enjoyed the process and, and the changes that I saw before my eyes. So, I mean, the thing I've enjoyed about HFA the most, I guess, is um, it, it's the whole process and, and seeing things unfold before my eyes. So I'm a massive, like, I have to see it to believe it kind of person. Like, you can tell me something, but I might believe you, but I won't actually, you know, it, it won't really concrete and make sense to me unless I um, do it for myself. And I think um, uh, the fact that I had to do this myself and I had to learn this myself and I had to be the one that did the training and I had to be the one that made the changes was really amazing. Like I, I talked to you a little while ago and I think I said, you know, you can you can um, teach a man, you know, you can give a man a fish and he's fed for a day or you can teach a man to fish and he's, um, you know, he's set for life. And I think that's been the biggest thing for me because I'm kind of like when I get to the end of my knowledge, I'm like, oh, well, uh, I'll just send them to a trainer and then they'll be fixed. And uh, <laughs> it's a pop out really because um, being able to be the one who can do it is is the best thing ever. And I think like you know online coaching, there's um, it has to be me. Like you know you you're you're not there to sort of show me what to do. I have to learn it for myself. And that's been the most awesome thing because it was so nerve wracking and it was hard to go out there being just by myself and you know having that support but you know it's up to me that was the most enjoyable thing because it's massively changed me and it's been so good to step out of my comfort zone and have to do that amazing yeah it's so true like I feel like in-person lessons I think are still 100% valuable but like the online process you really do have to take ownership yourself as in you know I can't take over the lead rope for Um, you like and, and you put a video yourself, you've got to watch it back and, like, you watch it back kind of through my eyes in a way and, like, you start to see the things that I'm seeing too as you watch the voiceovers on the videos. Um, but could you tell us a little bit ha- about how things are different now with your horses after going through that process? Yeah, so I think I, I think my horses, uh, well, I mean, Flash is just a different horse. He's... He comes up to me now and, I mean, the paddock that they're in, it's like five or six ages. So he could get away from me and never come back if he wanted to. And he'll see the halter now. And even if it's puzzles, he's like, I'm coming. And he'll come over and 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 pretty much ask to have it put on. Like he wants to be caught now. He wants to go into the into the yard and, and do some fun things. Like, And he just, he, he, I just, he's so relaxed and so calm and even when something happens where he's not 100% sure, he'll just go back to relaxing as soon as I'm like, it's okay, you know, um, I'll, I'll see it, I see it, you know, we're all good, you're fine. Um, go back to that relaxing state and he'll just go back to it immediately. And, you know, I said about my breakthrough, how my breakthrough was seeing him relax for the first time. Like it's crazy how much time now he spends going back to that relaxed state and it's, it's something that I guess unless you unless you can understand it, it would be like, I don't know, weird to hear and you'd be like, what are you even talking about? But for those who, you know, you, you, you want a good relationship with your horse and you, and, you, and you want something different, like it's just something to aspire to is having your horse relaxed around you. And I think 
that's amazing. Um, I can ride him now. Like I get on and he stands at the mounting block. I saddle him. He still is working on the girth thing. So like, I mean, everything's not 100% perfect and like roses everywhere. He will still like mm-hmm. when I put the girth on, it's the first girth point. He will still turn around and look at me. But um, he mm-hmm. just, he still stands there and he, I, I'm like, it's okay, it's okay. Like I'll take it really slow. And I'm always like, I'm just going to put your girth on now. Like I'm not going to wrench it up, I promise. And he's just like, stands there like, okay. Um, but now like, I mean, once the first girth point is done, I can tighten it and he doesn't react, which, you know, that was not how he was before. Um, I can bridle him um, and he stands there um, before I had to keep him tied up and I had to, tie him tight so if he pulled back he wouldn't like snap the lead rope and or you know hurt his neck that's what I got told to do um which I did do that so uh, taking ownership of my decisions but now like he'll just accept the the bridle and I'll put the bridle over his head I like I always say this I can walk off not that you should but I can walk off and he'll stand there um mounting um I can, I can get on him. Um, he'll stand there at the mounting block. He still does put his head up when I get on, but he's done that the entire time I've had him and he, he's doing it less. So it's, um, it's, that's, I guess, one thing, important thing to, to, to remember is like changes. Some changes can happen really quickly and some changes like they need time to adjust. And, and, um, if they've been a certain way for a long time, it, it can, you know, it's a work in progress to, um, to get to you know get things to a really good place of harmony but um I have no doubt in my mind that um he's 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 getting there and he's so relaxed and happy and yeah puzzle just plods along and he you know he, he learns everything so fast and he's so good he and he's really opened up with me now as well like when I first got him he would kind of just stand there a little bit frozen like unsure about what I was going to do and now he comes over and he licks me and he want he wants scratches and he sometimes he chases flash away because he's like no catch me instead I don't want you to <laughs> I don't want you to get caught so they kind of fight over who gets caught which is really cute <laughs> really cute so, <laughs> yeah it's all oh, so good and what about your riding now yeah so I'm I'm getting back on and I have all the confidence in the world um which I never thought I would have and I didn't have even before I broke my arm so it's amazing and I, I'm I'm back in the saddle and I'm taking it slowly and I'm really, really like watching and listening and, and I try and um, video every ride so I can be like, hmm, what, what's going on there? Like a um, bit of an analysis after every ride. Um, but, yeah, we're just we're taking it slow and um, I, I really want to work on um, my seat and, and become like a more of a balanced um, rider for both the horses. So, um um, Puzzle's got his saddle fitting booked. Actually, it was meant to be this weekend, but she had to cancel. So it's hard to get someone out this far, but he's got his saddle fitting booked in a couple of weeks' time. So hopefully, like, I can, you know, start getting getting on him as well. And I'm just so confident to get on him. Like, I know what now I've got these steps in place um, mm-hmm. that, you know, even if, you know, everything doesn't go perfectly, I'll, I'll be able to sort it out because I'm not going to be like, nothing's going to go wrong because that's just, you know, not... Yeah. Not, not not how you should approach horses, but yeah. if it does go wrong, I'll be able to sort it out and um, always coming back to that relaxing and um, and trying to um, listen to them and, and if they're over their fear threshold knowing what to do, it's just I'm like a whole new me. <laughs> so cool. And I've loved watching the transition uh, over the past, it's been about five months now, I guess. Yeah. Um, 
But I'd really like to know now, what is your ultimate goal with horses? Yeah, I mean, my ultimate goal, it's, it's, there's a few. So, I mean, I would love to um, have a couple more horses on the land just so my horses have a little herd. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, but f- with horses, I think I just want to, I, I just want to find something that we can all do together that we all love. I mean, I would love to do eventing again, um, but um, I'm not sure if I'll even, you know, want to do that in, in a little, in, you know, in six or 12 months time. I'm not sure if I want to do that. So I think my ultimate goal is to, is to find that place where I'm happy doing what I'm doing with my horses. And well, I, I don't actually know what that'll be. And I think that's really exciting because that way I'm, I'm, I'm letting the horses tell me what they like and I'm not putting it in their head what I think that they'll like. So I think that's, that's really my ultimate goal is to, is to find something that we love and, and we have fun doing. And um, it's really fun. It's really exciting getting to go out there and sometimes we'll do polls and sometimes we'll do Liberty and I'm just enjoying everything. So I've got no idea what, I don't have one goal, but my ultimate goal is to do things with them and do things that we both love. So hopefully that answers your question. (laughs) Amazing. Yes. And I'm so excited to see what else you uh, do with your horses in the coming years, even, um, because I can only imagine that your horsemanship journey is going to continue to flourish. Yeah. And before you wrap up today's episode, can you tell us what is the one message you would like our listeners to know from today's interview? Yeah. So this one was like hard for me to answer because I like to go on tangents, which I'm doing at the moment, but (laughs) if I could only pick one thing and um, I could only say one thing that I want people to come away with, it's you can, you can do it. Like if you're stuck with your horse and you don't know what to do next and you don't feel like you're going to be able to do anything and, and you feel like you're new to horses and everyone else just knows and they've got all their, you know, stuff together, you can do it. Like you can learn it and you can understand it and it's not um, it's not something that you were born with. It's something that you'll be able to learn and understand. If you put your mind to it and you put that effort into learning, you'll, you'll be amazed at at what you can do because I was that person six months ago. I did not think I could do it. I had, I was like, I was not born to do this. I'm not a horseman. I've got no idea what I'm doing. I'm never going to feel confident. I'm never going to be happy. I'm never going to know what I'm doing. And, uh, you know, take, you know, it, take it from me because <laughs> if I can, you can. <laughs> Amazing. I was going to say, hmm, it sounds like six months ago, Beck could have used that advice. <laughs> I love to hear that. Like I would have loved to be listening to a podcast and feeling so downtrodden, which is how I was feeling, and then have someone say, if I could do it, this was me six months ago, if I can do it, you can. I would have felt so inspired by that. So I wanted to pick something that was like a real cool horsey mantra, but I'm like, you know what? Sometimes people just need to hear that they can do it because <laughs> we get told we can't do things a lot in this in this world. So I think it's important to hear that you can. Absolutely. And I really love that message. What a great note to wrap up on. And I just wanted to say, how personally proud I am of you and grateful that you chose me to help you on your horsemanship journey. And I'm just amazed at everything that you've achieved. And it's an absolute credit to your commitment to your horsemanship journey and your dedication to learning. So thank you again. And thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks everyone for listening. 
Thanks for listening to the Horsemanship Breakthroughs podcast. Make sure you hit the follow button so you get notified every time a new episode is released. And if you've learned even just one small thing from today's show, I would really appreciate if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts or screenshot this episode and share it on social media. You can connect with me on Instagram at Amalia underscore horses or my website AmaliaDempsey.com where you can find free resources to help you on your horsemanship journey. That's all for today. Thanks for being here. Remember to train with kindness and ride with excellence and I'll see you in the next episode.